maybe just a little preachy. It's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The podcast that woke up to another non-woke day. He used to think cowboy boots were made from real cowboys. It's Medicare expert Doug Jones. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Medicare uh, Medicare for the Lazy Man. I almost forgot what I was. Medicare for the Lazy Man. Thank you so much for joining us. You might have heard uh, Drew McMillan, my Canadian nephew, announce that I am your Medicare expert. I am Doug Jones, and I will be sharing my Medicare knowledge and opinions with you. You know, my new book is out, not my new book. My my 2022 book is on sale uh, at uh, Amazon.com as well as BarnesandNoble.com. And it is uh, it would have higher ratings if it weren't, first of all, published so late in the game because of some personal activities I had to attend to, uh, namely selling the family manse in Illinois. I was late to the publisher and i wasn't able to get it done until march of this year so readers didn't have as much time to leave reviews but one disgruntled reader left a review that kind of dragged down the averages he said it was too opinionated and i'm going to say i agree i am not uh, the kind of guy i'm not a medicare expert who tries to be all things to all people i have devised some opinions that I think people are well served by. And if they want to follow my opinions, they, they couldn't do any better than to grab my book to understand Medicare and understand my opinions as to what choices they are best off making and why. And that allows them to be, um, to be able to make their own decisions in a more educated way. So uh, this disgruntled reviewer, accurately described the book he should have given me five stars because i believe that a book about a subject like medicare should be made up of opinions of experts anyway uh you can go to amazon.com and you can get the book in one of four different formats hardcover soft cover uh electronic ebook uh for um kindles and other electronic readers and uh, finally, the Audible book in which uh, somebody reads it to you, maybe me. I'm hoping that you'll find that to be a soothing way to acquire the knowledge that I present in the book. But after a short time, after a little bit of time spent with this book, maybe an hour, hour and a half at, at most, you're going to be an expert at Medicare just like I am. And uh, you may or may not agree with my opinions as to the best ways to uh, approach Medicare and the best decisions to make, but uh, you will at least understand them. So pick up a book or two. If you have any relatives or friends that are approaching Medicare age, you might want to pick up a book for them as well. And in fact, if you want to look like you're a big spender, get the hardcover edition, because that's uh, the kind of thing that belongs on a library shelf in a well-appointed house. And uh, it will be uh, referred to frequently by people on Medicare. 
just to refresh their their uh, knowledge. So anyway, we have a uh, a guest in the uh, podcast studio. He's not a he's a guest that comes every day. He's a guest every time we have a podcast. It's uh, Randy Carson. He edits and uh, engineers and makes this thing sound a lot better than I could ever do on my own. So, hello, Randy. Thank you for joining us again today. Well, Mr. Jones, are you still up in the nosebleed section behind Cave Creek? Yes, sir, but every once in a while you have assigned an altitude that's lower than (laughs) the 15,000 feet you often go to, and no nosebleeds there. I like it when I'm down in the lower uh, elevations and it's warmer. The sun and is, you, uh, and you can actually breathe. I can breathe. I can, I can dance in the yard. I can play around. I can go out in the garage and work on cars without needing oxygen. And so I'd rather not be assigned to the 30,000 foot level like you often do. You know, speaking of that, I was, uh, <clears throat> last night, I do a lot of YouTube watching, as you might remember. I was watching a YouTube, uh, article whatever video, whatever you want to call it. You remember way back in 1977, there was a Hawaii, uh, the air, I forget, or it was a Hawaiian jet from uh, some some airline company in Hawaii yes. that was flying between one island and the yes. next, and, the, and all of the lid came off of their plane. Yes, the company was Hawaiian Airlines, ironically. <laughs> yeah. And so they were, so they were uh, at about 30,000. Well, no, they weren't, they hadn't gotten that. I think, they no, got I don't think 20. they were, I don't think they're anywhere near that when they fly from one Island to the next. Yeah. I know they were above the ability to breathe. So they must've been above 10,000, but uh, the, the whole lid came off and they, they were, then they had not a 737 but they had the convertible version of it yes they did it uh they well you know it was like the old ford uh the 58 to 60 fords uh they were lincoln's and the the regular fords had a hard top convertible option and yeah. uh that was uh what this airplane did just peeled it back like a can of sardines but i believe that they were at fairly low altitude because they could breathe uh and they yeah, had well, to after they after they brought it down, they were initially up above the breathing capability. I didn't. And, uh, I didn't think that because I remember seeing uh, snapshots and the the uh, planes peeling away took the masks with it. Yeah, it did. So they yeah, had yeah, to. Did. They had to be able to breathe up there. The uh, so it was an interesting story because there was a the whole most of the story was trying to the pilots initially trying to discover. They knew they had major problems, but they couldn't see the back of the plane because everything right. was screwed up. So right. they were trying to figure out what what they were actually flying or what there was left of it. At yeah, that what point. happened? What happened back there? Because they didn't have yeah. rearview mirrors to look at it. No, no. And uh, the the beauty of it was is that they were able to bring it in for a landing. And I forget I forget which island it was on, but. Uh, they were able to bring it in for a landing, you know, as a convertible. Yep. And uh, that was a pretty amazing set of work that those pilots did. Well, it sure was. Uh, the thing was the airplane had been subjected to a whole lot of flexing because all it did was yep. take off and land all day long, went from one yep. island to yep. the yep. next yep. to the next. And so, uh, you know, most planes of its type would have a, a couple of landings a day. 
and then, you know, have longer distances, longer flights in between airports. But because the islands are kind of close together, this airplane had been flexed and flexed and flexed. And when it finally came apart, a lot of those people had their seatbelts on and they did not go flying out of the airplane like you would expect. If I remember correctly, there was only one fatality. The rest of the people made it. I won't say in good shape, but they made it. Uh, the only fatality was one of the uh, the stewardesses, I think, wasn't it? One of the stewardesses, uh, flight attendants, whatever you want to call them. Uh, one of the, the only I fatality. Wanna, I want to call them get dug another beer, ladies. <laughs> yeah, well, there is that part too. <laughs> there is that part, but they they all made it. They all made it, with the exception of that one uh, one fatality. And uh, that was a pretty amazing outcome from from that. And the other thing I was going to mention, if you like statistics, when this plane blew up and turned into a convertible, uh-huh. it was a 737, as I said, and it had the most takeoffs and landings or cycles, whatever they yep. call it. Yep. Uh, it was uh, the second greatest number of cycles for a 737 in the world. So... <laughs> We know now we know what happens to them. <laughs> Absolutely. And I bet there was a whole lot of scrambling at other airports once the news got out about this one uh, having yeah. its top peeled yeah. off. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was lucky pretty amazing. People, lucky people. Yeah. That would be traumatic, I'm pretty sure, to have the top of the plane peeled off while you're flying. It's a good thing for them they were in Hawaii and that they right. weren't at a much higher altitude where they would uh, have a hard time surviving. Uh, yeah, that- exactly, exactly. I it, and it's amazing, uh, you know, based on what I have experienced flying in my lifetime, and I've done a fair bit of it. Uh, trying to keep seat belts on passengers is almost impossible. So well, it was yeah, start- just, just very fortunate that these people ha- kept their seat belts on. Yeah, start with me because I'm not I'm not a seatbelt kind of guy, and uh, I think probably what happened was they said, "Okay, as soon as the uh, plane left the ground, okay, prepare for landing," because yeah. those islands are not that far apart. Have you ever been to Hawaii? I have not. Okay, well, I went to Maui. I did a week on Maui one time, courtesy of a Chicago radio station. So I didn't pay a dime for it. But uh, uh, Steve Dahl, thank you very much for uh, sending me or taking me to Hawaii free of charge. But um, when you looked out from uh, the area we were in in Maui, which was uh, Wailea, uh, you could see two different islands from there. And so when you look at a map, it was, you know, it was easy to see how the other islands weren't too far away. And that airplane would have just flexed and flexed and flexed. It would have had landing after landing after landing because it'd probably be in the air for 10 minutes in between landings. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, basically that was the deal. And and I and this may be an invalid number. What, what, stick, what sticks in my head was when the thing blew up, it had had 56,000 cycles or something to that. Effect. These they keep these planes flying long past the time that I would have thought it was possible. So I'm not surprised to hear that. That's if they went out and did 20 cycles a day times 365 times however many years since the 737 was put into service. I, I don't know if it gets to 56,000, but that would be a lot of landings. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Well, I do note in this video I was watching, they said that before the, the fatal 
for one lady, it turned out to be fatal, but before the accident, that it had done nine cycles to this one particular island, and I can't remember which one it was, nine cycles that morning before the oh. before the one where it fell apart. Well, that's pretty weird. Now, I'll tell you what, in the future, could you, if you please, this is a personal plea from me to you, could you uh, show me videos like that from YouTube instead of what you showed me earlier today? What he showed me earlier today, ladies and gentlemen, was horrifying. Uh, I'm probably scarred for life from it, but it was the drum major tryouts from the Ohio State Marching Band. And uh, frankly, if I ever had any aspirations to be a drum major, they've flown right out of my head. That that was not going to be one of your things you're going to look forward to. Huh? Nope. In fact, I'm going to uh, discourage anybody in my family that ever says, I want to be a drum major. I'm going to try to talk them out of it. Hey, we ought to get to some Medicare stuff, shouldn't we? we? we yeah, we should. What? Let's see. We, yeah, we definitely have to get to some Medicare stuff. Yeah, it was. And uh, I think we ought to just start right in. But according to my screen, we're going to be particularly talking about what are we going to be talking about it says miscellaneous miscellaneous stuff <laughs> items miscellaneous isn't, stuff isn't that it's, what we just did <laughs> well we do it every time we do it every time but in this case if i call it miscellaneous it means i can throw away all these notes that i have all these things that i printed out after reading just a few words from them so uh, the first thing that floated to the surface since we spent the last episode on accounting and how uh, reimbursements are going to be figured under the value-based system that some people want to use. I ran across this article that is, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's boring. It's about Medicare and accounting, two boring subjects. But the headline is, hospitals said they lost money on Medicare patients. And then the headline goes on to say, some made millions, a state report finds. So did they lose money or did they make millions from Medicare patients? Atrium Health, the largest hospital system in North Carolina, has declared publicly that in 2019, it provided $640 million in services to Medicare patients that were never paid for by the largest community benefit it provided, the, uh, by far the largest community benefit it provided that year. Like other nonprofit hospitals around the nation, Atrium logs losses on Medicare uh, expenses as a community benefit to satisfy a legal requirement for federal, state, and local tax breaks. But for the same year that Atrium's website says it recorded $640 million in losses on Medicare, the hospital system claimed an $82 million profit from Medicare on the same year and an additional $37.2 million in profits from Medicare Advantage in a financial document. So uh, this is according to the North Carolina State Treasurer's Office. So I could go on and on and on. I've got a multi-page article about the accounting that occurs between hospitals, what they're supposed to do according to the feds, and what nonprofits do versus for-profit hospitals. And um, frankly, there seems to be a lot of confusion out there, just like there's some confusion over this new value-based uh, reimbursement for doctors that I read about last time. So uh, moving right along, uh, researchers say a dramatic COVID winter surge may not happen. So do they know for sure? No, they don't know for sure. But the University of Washington's Institute for Health Metrics 
an evaluation, says it's unlikely that there will be dramatic spikes in COVID hospitalizations and deaths seen in the first two winters of the pandemic. And I call it a panic. Separately, Walgreens will offer free delivery of COVID treatment Paxlovid in underserved communities. Uh, underserved, I guess, doesn't mean it means any place I don't live. Uh, for some reason, I always miss the free handouts. Ah, boy. Uh, going uh, deeper into this list of uh, interesting articles, study suggests that not all breast cancer patients need surgery. Let's see why not. Usually, surgery to remove a tumor in breast tissue is deemed critical, but new research suggests that chemotherapy may be enough for some patients. Also, benzene in consumer products, rising uterine cancer cases, and the high cost of an old cancer drug, and more. They want you to read about all that stuff and whatever publication uh, was quoted, and they don't really say the name of the publication, so I'm not going to... Uh, presume to know who wrote it but um oh it was the new york times okay well-known liars i'm not sure that if i had cancer uh and i wanted to uh be completely convinced that we did everything possible to make sure my cancer was going to go away i'm not sure i'd want to voluntarily skip removal of the tumor i know Surgical procedures uh, leave you with scars and some lengthened um, recovery times, but I don't know that I would want to rely on uh, just chemotherapy, as this article seems to indicate. Uh, next item, a judge. Uh, this has been in the news over the last day or so. A judge says New York City must reinstate workers that were fired over the vaccine mandate and give them back pay, by the way. Uh, the uh, Lawsuits that came to fruition after the New York City workers were fired, the, the ones that didn't, wouldn't, or couldn't take the vaccines, uh, they were fired, and their pay was uh, stopped. And now a judge has uh, said New York City must reinstate those workers and pay them their back pay. And it says, meanwhile, in Massachusetts, officials are offering jobs back to roughly 50 state employees who were fired or quit over the COVID vaccine mandate. Other news on vaccines covers boosters, shots for kids, inhalable vaccines, and more. Okay, uh, this is from The Hill. Judge orders New York City to reinstate workers fired for not complying with the COVID vaccine. 16 sanitation workers, uh, Judge Ralph Porzio, who sits on the New York State Supreme Court in Staten Island, ruled on Tuesday the city's health commissioner could not change the workers' terms of employment. Also referencing President Biden, saying the panic is over, and Governor Kathy Hochul ending New York's state of emergency. And what else do we have here? Centene's Medicare Advantage quality scores missed their targets. Well, Centene owns WellCare. So I'm guessing that the WellCare star ratings for their Medicare plans, Medicare Advantage plans, uh, has not uh, performed as well as, uh, uh, I don't know of any plans that say Centene uh, on the surface. I only know about the WellCare plans. And that's because I don't deal in WellCare plans. I deal in the prescription drug plans. So when I go to a Centene-owned company, it's going to be WellCare because one of their 
prescription drug plans works out very well for a lot of people who have uh, a few drugs and uh, mostly uh, generics. So WellCare, I'm guessing, if you ever see WellCare advertising for their Medicare Advantage plans, it looks like it's saying here that their star ratings are not going to be good. They're going to be worse than expected. Centene's quality scores for its Medicare Advantage plans came in worse than its executives expected, jeopardizing the, the insurer's revenue in 2024. Centene is working to improve its scores by hiring a chief quality officer, centralizing its quality improvement operations, and setting up a system to track its metrics in real time. The insurer also added quality improvement as a compensation metric by which all employees' performance will be measured this year. The company's new pharmacy benefit provider, Cigna's Express Scripts, will also drive improvement, she said. So Cigna is a big competitor of Centene, but yet Centene is hiring a Cigna subsidiary to uh, deliver uh, mail order and um, other pharmacy benefits uh, to their clients. So apparently Centene isn't able to handle that part of the the uh, delivery process by themselves. Oh my God. It's 20. We've, we've uh, had crickets chirping for several minutes now, Randy. You could have told me <laughs> I would have sped it up. We, we have, I have very carefully calmed the crickets for at least a couple of minutes now. Well, I'm going to give it up then because frankly, I, I have another stack of stuff that I'm just going to put back in the pile and address another day. But I've got a couple comments to make. Comment before, away. Before we sign off, you know, you were talking about, who was it? One of the Blue Cross uh, organizations was calculating the profit and loss a really kind of interesting way. Well, uh, in this episode or was it last episode? No, I think it was this. Uh, you said that uh, somebody was losing. Uh, losing. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, hospitals. Yeah. It yeah. is, it is um, Atrium Health. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, you know, I'm from the Midwest. I, you know, I was born in Western Nebraska on a ranch. Okay. Yeah. You know, we used, we used to have a saying for that, Doug. Tell me what the saying was. Figures don't lie, but liars can figure. <laughs> oh boy. I'll tell you, I used to work for my father in our family business. And uh, when I started the, one of the first things I'd learned was how to do all the accounting processes. And uh, if something was off by a nickel, I would say to myself, is it really worth spending hours to redo everything I've done to find that nickel? Or is it time better spent and just, you know, letting the nickel fall into the ozone become petty cash or something like that. And so uh, when my father would see the monthly report showing that it was off by five cents, there is no way it's got to be accurate to the penny because right. he was, he was an accounting major in college. Well, and well, that plus he was in the army. So, yes, you know, was. bottom line, he didn't start out to be in the army, but the army sort of enveloped him after Pearl Harbor. So there, there's, if you're in the army and you're an accountant, there's only one. There's only two things in life. There's right, and there's not right. Yep, exactly. And we don't get near not right. And in fact, if you're a German or or a Chinese or a Korean, you might be in jeopardy from a guy like my father. Well, that's true. Well, I I have one more question to to ask you. Ask so, away. So who who said was it that you know things are not going to be as bad as we thought for the for the COVID this uh, this winter? 
That was in the New York. No, it wasn't. Oh boy, Randy, you're so Mr. Curious. I like it. I, I like know. it. I now know. I've got to re- retrace my steps here. Re- oh, University of Washington's Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation. How's okay. that for a name? How's that so, for a name for you? Am I to assume then we missed out totally on the monkeypox fund? No, I read another thing that I didn't bring up today, but it said that almost all monkeypox hospitalizations were people that also had AIDS. Well, really? Yeah. So, so if you, so if you don't have AIDS, I, it's unlikely that you're going to get. If you don't have AIDS, and you're you're good with the monkeypox. Well, I'm thinking you're probably not in jeopardy. But if you have AIDS, and I guess monkeypox is a risk that uh, is much higher in uh, odds, you know, of well, you having it. Uh, you're you're if you have full blown AIDS, you're at much higher risk of a lot of different things. But monkeypox apparently is one of them, huh? Well, apparently we're not even concerned about monkeypox for people that don't have AIDS anymore. Okay, well that's uh, good to know, I guess. I do have one other thing in a in a past episode. I made a note to myself, and I'm not sure just exactly what it meant, but I wrote myself, would you rather have part C or a lifetime supply of cheese? (laughs) Well, one is crap and one is not. (laughs) It's up to you to decide which is which. I think it was related to a story about a woman in Wisconsin. That does sound Uh, vaguely familiar that somebody. I don't remember just exactly what it was, but. Uh, the fact of the matter, I wrote, I take, I took a note, and then the other note I had was silver sneakers. I thought, I think I told you I hate the term silver sneakers. Yep, you sure did. So now I have a new term for it. Just thought I'd let you know. Go dirty ahead. boots, dirty boots. Okay. Well, that makes it sound a lot more fun than it actually is going to be. Because if you've got silver sneakers, that means you have to go to a gym and uh, exert yourself periodically. Dirty boots means you're out having fun with the horses. Kind of seems like it. Kind of seems like you'd be walking in horse poop, which is going to be a lot more pleasant than exerting yourself in a gym, I would think. I I totally get you. Well, you know something? We have uh, definitely used up our gas. The steam head is gone. We need to cancel out our prescription here or subscription, whichever it is. We've really overstayed our welcome today. So before I do that, let me, uh, you know, end out with some things that I think are very important for us. Number one is write Doug, dbj at mlmmailbag.com. I'm hoping that Dominic and Giovanni will help me out here. Write Doug at dbj at mlmmailbag.com. Check out the website at medicareforthelazyman.com. By you know, again, we're coming into the holiday season, so don't 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 forget paperbacks. Medicare for the lazy man paperbacks for the family. The audio, the Kindle version work too. But in the meantime, we have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy, originally from Oklahoma, but now living in Cave Creek, Arizona, up in the high altitude mountains behind the city in his fortress of solitude. If you like this podcast, go ahead and give us a good rating. Bye-bye.